Okay, we're up to the Mishnah, Daf Chaf Aleph. We'll finish the Parak position today. So the last Mishnah that we said was that if a person says Lashaynas that are ambiguous, we're always going to be Machman. However, if he clarifies his statement and he says, I meant, you know, a non-neder, it's accepting. So let's say a person says Truma. So we said it depends what type of Truma. If he says Truma... Truma of the Lishka, it's a good nether. If he says Truma for Kehanim, it's not a good nether. So, what if he says Stam Truma, we're Machmer. But, if after he says Stam Truma, he's like, I meant Truma's uh, Kehanim, I didn't mean a nether, we accept what he said. The Mishnah now clarifies that, and the Mishnah gives examples where, even if he says something far-fetched, so he says an ambiguous Lashen, but then he clarifies that he didn't mean a nether, and he says things that are pretty far-fetched, we accept it. The Mishnah gives some examples. Nether b'cherem, right? He said the word cherem. So he said, this bread is cherem. Again, cherem can either mean cherem of the base of Mikdash, and a good nether. It can mean cherem kehanim, not a good nether. And if he just says cherem, we're going to be strict. But what if he clarified? He says, Apparently, in some dialects, the word cherem means a net, N-E-T. So he says, I just meant a net of the sea. I, mean, I, was, I was messing around. I didn't mean a nether at all. I said this bread should be like a net of the sea. What's the halacha? He's accepted. Blenadarti, meaning he, it's, it's, a, it's a valid excuse. And it's not a good nether. Similarly, he says carbon. This bread is like carbon. Right? That's a good nether. But then he says, El shomalachim. I didn't mean carbon is in a sacrifice. I meant a carbon shal malachim, right? When you give a gift to a king, it's called, it was colloquially called the carbon of malachim. It was a gift for a king. So he says, I didn't mean an actual carbon. I meant a gift for a king. Again, far-fetched, yes, but we accept what he said. Isn't this like, where, like, it doesn't, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense? Why does it make sense? Nadarim is what he said. If this is what he said he meant, okay. We're going to... means a fishing net? Apparently, that was a certain dialect that was accepted. So, if that's what he says he meant, okay. I mean, uh, not going to fight with him, right? Hare. Yeah, but we still accept it. Hare atzmi carbon. Let's say he says, my, my essence is a carbon, right? Seemingly, that means that he's dedicating that he is making himself prohibited to someone else that you can't benefit, like a carbon. But then he says, I didn't mean my body. I didn't mean atzmi, my essence. I meant etzem, a bone. I have a bone in my house. That bone is aser, not me. So Taisa says, well, why would he have a bone? Taisa says, he has a bone in his house because he likes to play games. He likes to say atzmi, and people think it's him, and then he says, no, I have a bone. So the same guy keeps on showing up carried his bone around. Well, no, that was Rav That was Rav Yechanan. Your sickness is, he's just the guy who thinks he's funny. So the point is, it's not, the point is we accept it. Similarly, the Mishnah says, If a person says, I want my, my wife is also to me. Okay, so that's, that's a good nether. That means that his wife can't benefit from him. But then he says, I met my ex-wife. I just didn't clarify which one. I said my wife. I met my first wife. The halacha is, oh, now, now all of a sudden, now, now, he's not, uh, now he's not crazy anymore. Now he's like, that's a, that's a rational guy. Al-Kulon, so the point is, all of these are accepted. And says the Mishnah, Al-Kulon, You don't have to do Ataris Nadara, meaning we accept him legamri, that it's not a valid nether, and you don't have to do Ataris Nadarim. But, says the Mishnah, If he does Ataris Nadarim, we punish him, and we're machmer on him. Now, 
Okay, two things. We're going to have to clarify what does it mean to punish a guy for doing a tarasadarim. Also, it's a little strange. You said he doesn't need a tarasadarim, which means a tarasadarim is not valid. If a tarasadarim is not valid, why are you punishing him for doing it? Like, if a tarasadarim is valid, I understand punishing him. But if a tarasadarim is not valid, I'm sorry? No, no, no. A tarasadarim is not a bracha. So, so let me explain. Meaning, if, 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 if you need a tarasadarim, then it makes sense that we would punish him. If you don't need a Taras Adarim, it doesn't make sense to punish the guy. So the Mishnah says, you don't need a Taras Adarim. You don't need to go to a Rav and have the Rav and Nola vow. But then it says, but if you went to the Rav, we're going to punish the guy. It doesn't make sense. If Taras Adarim is needed, I understand punishing the guy. It's needed, but we're going to punish you. Fine. But if it's not needed, then why, why are we punishing? It's a miracle we'll clarify. That's Rav Meir Shita, that you don't need Hataris and Dharm. The Chum say no. We want him to do Hataris and Dharm. We want the Rav to nullify the vow. Although technically it's not needed, we want him to go through the process of Atar Sadarim because we don't want him to get accustomed to making oaths in the future. And in order for him to understand that this is not what we want, we want him to go through the process of Atar Sadarim. Fine. So let's analyze Ramea Shita. Ramea Shita is that he doesn't have to do Atar Sadarim, but if he does, we punish him. So the question is obvious. The Gemara says, Hagufa Kasha. I don't understand. It's a contradiction. Amrit You said he doesn't need Atar Sadarim, which means Atar Sadarim is not effective at all. But then you said, You said, if he does a Taras we're going to punish him. That doesn't make sense. If a Taras is not needed, we shouldn't punish the guy. If it's needed, I get punishing the guy. If it's not needed, then he's just wasting our time. Why should you punish him? So the Gemara says, there are words missing. First of all, the first version is, take out the word, you don't need a Taras Adarm. No, Tani. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I skipped the line. Amr Rabbi Yehuda Haki Tani. These are the words missing. The Kulan ain't tzrichin the sheila. This is how you're supposed to read the mission. It doesn't need atar sedarim in these cases. But mamed varmur metalman chacham. When is it true that you don't need atar sedarim by a talman chacham who did this? Who made the neder? Avalamaaretz, but someone who's an amaaretz, although it's not needed, because an amaaretz, we're afraid that it's going to lead to other things. We make him do atar sedarim and we punish him. So then, meaning, so it's not needed by a Tamil Chacham, but now Ma'aretz, he has to do a Taras Dharam, and we punish him. Punish him for making the netter, not for doing a Taras Dharam. Correct. Now, what does it mean to punish him? Like, what, 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 what form of punishment? People are not going to go to the Tamil They have no choice. Well, first of all, they probably also think that it's a valid nether. <laughs> right? So the point is, what does it mean to punish the guy? So the Gemara, and by the way, it's Oyn we punish him, and we're Machmer on him. So it's like a double punishment. What is the form of a, what is the double punishment that we do for an Amaretz? So the Gemara says, Okay, there was two forms of Hatar Sadaram. When you went to a rabbi, and he did Hatar Sadaram, there were two ways. One is called Charata, and one is called, um, the other one is, is Hatara or Pesach, whatever, different Lashonis. One way is the rabbi, basically, both ways, the rabbi is annulling the vow. There's two ways for him to do that. He could either say Harata, which is that you tell the rabbi, I wasn't in the right head. I was angry at the time. I, I, I didn't, you know, my head wasn't really in it. The other way is much more complicated. The other way is um, you have to prove that circumstances had changed and now you have information that had you had at the time, you would not have done it. Now, which is easier? to instill. Obviously, charata. Because charata is just, were you angry at the time? Yeah, yeah you're fine. The, if, if you don't do charata, if, if you don't do charata, then you have to start saying, well, okay, well, what changed? 
And then he has to say this, and it's got to be valid. And he said, well, if you knew this, it's a much more difficult process. So the first way that we punish the Amaretz is we do not do charata. We do not do atar sadar mecharata. He can't just say, I was upset at the time. That, that's not valid. He actually has to do a full Pesach, like a full classical Hatar Sadar. What's the second form of punishment? What's the second form of punishment? Kidatanya. The punishment is like the found in the following Brisa. Misha Nozar, Vavra al Nazir. I'm sorry. What's the charata is just, you say, you tell the rabbi, the rabbi says, were you upset at the time? Yeah, I was upset. Okay, you're not upset now? No, see you fine. Meaning, meaning it's so much easier, you just say basically you were not, you have charata that at the time you, you weren't, you were angry, you were, you were, it was a rash decision. You're basically not, you're not saying circumstances have changed, you're just saying that I wasn't in the right head at the time. It's so much easier, it's harder to prove, you don't, it's much easier to instill. We don't allow this. The second form of punishment is kidatanya, as the Brisa says. Misha Ovar, Misha Nazar. Let's say someone made a Nazir. Vavar al Nazirusai, and he did, uh, he broke his Naziris. Ain is Kokinloi, and then he wants to do a Tarasadarim. Now the problem is like this. Even if he has a valid reason to do a we're not happy that he broke his Naziris. Like it's one thing for you to do a Tarasadarim before you break it. Once you're breaking it, then it's like, hey, you should have some respect for the Naziris that you took upon yourself. So the halacha is, This says, We will not annul the vow until he keeps Naziris for the amount of days that he broke Naziris. Meaning, let's say he was supposed to be a Nazir for six months. He broke it for a hundred days. We will not do Atar Sadaram until he becomes a Nazir for a hundred days. Meaning he's got he's to prove... He's got to at least, and it's a punishment, that he's got to be a Nazir for the length of time that he was not a Nazir. No, then, then, then you do a Tarsadarim. Meaning, we'll do a Tarsadarim after we punish you, basically. It's a straight-up punishment. So too, over here, when it says that we punish the guy, what it means is we make him keep the neder for the length of time that he broke the neder. Um, the Gemara continues some other opinions about it. Rav Yossi is like, problem with Rav Yossi, Rav Yossi says, like, this could be, let's say he, he broke it for seven months. You can make him a Nazir for seven months. Like, that's too long. 30 days. If it's a long Naziris, as long as he's a Nazir for 30 days, that, that's fine. So that means that if a person breaks his Naziris and then he wants to do Atar Sadarim, we don't do Atar Sadarim until he. 30 days. The, uh, 30 days or however long. So it says, That means that if a Bezdin does Atar Sadarim without instilling this punishment, they did the wrong thing. Like, not that we punish the Bezdin, but the Bezdin should know that they were wrong. Another opinion, says we actually put that Bezdin in Cherim. You should not do Atar Zadarim until you instill this punishment. And if you did, we actually will excommunicate the Bezdin. Now, what, what did this person do wrong again? He didn't take the... He, didn't he, he, he made an, himself a Nazir, and then before going Hatar Zadarim, he broke the Naziris. I mean in our Mishnah. Oh, well, in, in our Mishnah is that he said an ambiguous Lashen, and then afterwards, then afterwards changed it. I mean, once the Rav says, well, Chayim, you have to be Machim. No, I meant... Uh, a netting of a sea, or I met a bone. He's pl- and also, and also, it's not just that. Taisa says he's doing this to play games. Like he says, I had a net in the sea, and and and, and Lafer made a good point. Like who who talks like that? They, so Taisa says he thinks he's funny, or he's trying to mess with you. So it's like you know what, you know, okay, f- fine, 
Fine, we're going to punish him. Fair enough. So, um, what, what was I going to say? You good? You going to say something? No. 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 Yeah. 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 Make him play the game. Yeah. Okay. So, let's start the Gemara. The Gemara can uh, continue the Gemara. Now, the Gemara from here until the end of the daf is going to be talking. It takes a change and talks about the relationship between a husband and wife and what's allowed. And this is more private matters. So I'm going to do this fairly quickly for practical halacha. This is Yaska Shaila, and, and, and that's what chasen classes are for. But this is where the sugyas do come up. So the Gemara continues. First of all, the Gemara says, you should not be someone who makes nadarim very often. Because what's going to end up happening is you're going to break nadarim, and then eventually you're going to break shavuas. And as we had in yesterday's daf, shavuas are worse than nadarim because it says, it's a Hashem lo yinakeh. So shavuas are much worse. So you're going to break nadarim, which is going to lead to breaking shavuas. Continuing. You should not become friendly with amaratzim, people who are not careful with Trumas and Maisis, because what's going to end up happening is you're going to eat Tevel, because you're going to eat by them, their kashras is not good, you're going to say, no, I won't eat by them, and over time you become friendly, friend, friend, you eat by them, and you're going to be eating uh, food that's not uh, Trumas and Maisis, we're not separated properly. And you should not become friendly with a Kayan Amaretz, who's an Amaretz, who's a Kayan, because eventually he's going to give you Truma. Right, because he has truma because he's a kayan, but he's not someone who's learned, so he's not going to realize that a non-kayan it's very awesome for a non-kayan to eat. He's going to serve you some apples. You're going to say what well, afterwards? You can say oh, this apple is delicious. Well, it's truma, and that's a very very big avera. Altar and you should be careful not to talk to women too much. because it could lead to promiscuity and inappropriate uh, relations. Because of that, we're now going to talk about inappropriate and other things till the end of the daf. Rav Achaber Rav Anyone who stares at women, it's going to lead to 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 to, to averus. And if you stare at the heel of a woman, even the heel, having the bottom your children are going to be not going to be the best children in the world. Now, what does it mean, the heel? So it says the Gemara. Now you could say, well, it means an actual heel, but pashtas uh, doesn't mean the heel. So Amr of Yosef, first of all, it means even your wife who's a nida. That your wife who's a nida, you shouldn't be staring when she's a nida because you're not, uh, you can't be with her. Now, what does it mean, the heel? Says the Gemara. The heel actually refers to the private parts of the person. And it meant heel because when they're standing, the, the heel are lined up with the private parts. And the Gemara didn't want to talk about inappropriate things. So when it says you shouldn't look at your wife who's a nida, it means in the places that are normally covered. Tanya. The Pasuk says... Let me translate this pasuk properly. The pasuk says, "Bavur tiyerase al penechem levilsi techato." So the pasuk says that I put awe on your faces, so that you shall not sin. So you see that there's some level of uh, of busha, there's some level of awe that because you're afraid, you won't come to sin. Says the Gemara, a rule, zubusha. The fear that Hashem is instilling within Klal Yisrael naturally is busha, meaning the Jewish people naturally, right? This is the three three signs of being a Jew is Baishanim, Rachmanim, and Gamel Chasadim. The first one, Baishanim, is bashful. We're not very forceful. We're a little more, um, you know, we, we take a, a little bit of a humble and a subtle way. Levilti Sechato, and that will lead you to not sitting, Melamid. Shabusha Mavila de That part of 
having busha, part of having bashfulness and shy and being humble, it naturally prevents you from sinning. Mikan Amru, and this is the Gemara says the source, it's a good thing for a person to be bashful, not to be in everybody's face. It's just a little, a little more uh, reserved and, and, uh, and, and, and quiet. And if you don't have busha, it's, uh, you're probably not uh, from the Jewish people. Meaning, it's, it's, if someone doesn't have busha, you check the ichus because uh, maybe they, their parents weren't at Harsina. The Gemara continues. I'm Rav ben Daboi. Okay. Rav ben Daboi said, I was told four things from Malachim. Now, angels, the Gemara is going to clarify, are not actual angels. It means I heard from my Rabbi who, who acted like angels. This is the Gemara says. You know, I'm not, I, I can tell you, sometimes I take questions. I'm not taking questions to the end of the day. You have art scroll. We're going. We're just heading to the end of the parak. Um, why are there children who are lame? Why are sometimes uh, people have their kids that are, have lame, they have a hard time walking. And the Gemara is saying that all of the physical, physical issues with the children is to do with how the parents live together. So the, the reason why the children are lame is because it means that the parents turned over the table. It's a euphemism. It either means, according to some Rishayinim, it means that they didn't live in a way that will lead to children, or... Pashtus, it means that the, the positioning of the husband and wife, there's a certain position that there should be, the, 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 the man on top. And if the woman's on top, it's called Hayyab It's not a, a proper way. It's not Osir, but it's not respectful. And because they acted in a way when, with the positioning of their thighs, therefore the children's thighs became lame. The Gemara says a similar thing. Ilmim, how come children sometimes are mute? When Shemanashkan always is because their mouth is touched. Uh, the men's mouth touched inappropriate places of the woman, which is very inappropriate. And because they use their mouth in an inappropriate way, their children have a hard time speaking. Why are their children mute and deaf? Because they spoke during relations, which is not allowed. The Gemara is going to clarify what's not allowed. And again, for practical Allah, you have to ask a shayla. Why are people blind? Because the parents, the husband looked in a place that he shouldn't see, which uh, affected his eyes. Now, so the Gemara is saying that you're not allowed to speak the shastash, you're not allowed to speak when, when a husband and wife are, are living together, they're not supposed to speak. Or many, I have a contradiction. Shalu is ima shalom. The Gemara says they asked ima shalom, ma, go to the next page, bonecha de yoiser. They asked ima shalom, whatever this means, why are your children so beautiful? So she says, meaning, what schus did you have that you should have such healthy, uh, wonderful children? So Amr lehen. Yeah, the wife of Revelyezer. So Amr Lahan, she said, My husband, we only live together at Chatzai Salayla. Now, in the beginning of the night and the end of the night. When we live together, he's, he's almost fully clothed, except for he reveals a little bit of the body, which, by the way, is a very. I'll just say this. Halachically, you're not supposed to be clothed, okay? And even if the place can say, He's allowed to be clothed if the wife is maskim. We paskin al pikabola. If not, I'm not taking any more questions. But just it's nageh because sometimes there's sex of chasidus that have certain things and there's uh, misconceptions. This gemara was for certain tzaddikim, but it's it's not on hagas of klal so has not been like this. The point is, okay, fine, yeah, 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 okay, misconceptions. Yeah. No, chaytzas uh, alaylo shall find. 
and it seems when he's living as if he's being forced to do something and he's trying to hold back any taivas, he's just doing it to be yoy to the mitzvah. Now what does it have to do with anything we said? That you're not supposed to speak to your wife, but during the tashmish, she asked her husband, why are you doing this? The reason why he puts all these guidelines up for himself is that he doesn't uh, fall into taivas, that he doesn't look at other women. The point of this Gemara is that you see that they spoke. So I thought, you're not allowed to. Because he doesn't want to think about another woman when he's with his wife. So in order to put up guidelines, this is what he held for him worked. So the question is, they had a conversation uh, 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 at that time. So I thought it's not allowed. So the Gemara says, The answer is, it depends what you're talking about. If it's about the relations or or a conversation that will help lead to everyone making him uncomfortable, then it's allowed. That's why it was allowed for them to talk about it. If it's talking about something completely uh, not related, it's inappropriate. I'm Rav Now, okay, so Rav Yechanan ben Dabai said he heard from Allah that there are four things you're not allowed to do. Which is not to, to be hypech shulchan, whatever that means, uh, positions, whatever it is, uh, not to be menashik that place, not to, to talk tashmish, and not to be mistakal in that place. Says the Gemara, all of this is the opinion of Yechon Dem Daboy, but we don't pass in the way. We pass in, we actually pass in, not like Yechon Dem Daboy. And Kol Mashad Meretz Lasis Bishta a husband and wife are allowed to do anything together. Uh, 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 you look in uh, the Ramah in, in Simon Chafhei and Ebenezer, Sif Gimel, the Ramah does discuss this. I will say this, obviously, uh, to be mighty Zerlavatol is not allowed. So whatever is happening can't, has to lead to actually having children. And also, the Shach, uh, the Beishmuel writes over there that while technically everything is mutter, Kadesh Yaimrulai. But there's, there's, there's. Uh, it should be done in a holy way. Anyway, meaning all these things are are permitted. But all these are allowed because the Gemara says it's like, um, it's like a person. That's uh, a weird euphemism, but it's like a person having a meal. However, you some people prefer food prepared in different ways. So, if the husband and wife, this is what works for them. That's fine. That's allowed. Uh, it's like a, a piece of meat. You want to eat it with salt, roasted, cooked, shalok, stewed. So they have to, they, they can't be that much guidelines because it has to be in a way that the husband and wife are happy. Again, but in a, in an in appropriate way. Now, Rav Yechemen Daboy said that there are four things that he was told by Malachim. And he said that the reason why kids are injured is because of these four things. And we're saying now we don't paskin like him. Now, who are those malachim? Now, if it's actual malachim, and they're saying, we see in the womb, right? Malachim have vision that we don't have. And they're saying to Revichem and Daboy, I am telling you, the reason why kids are getting hurt is because of this. How do we not paskin like him? So it must be it's not actual malachim. It means it's Rabbanim who are saying that's what they believe. So then you could say, okay, Rabbanim say one thing, other Rabbanim disagree. But if it's actual malachim that are telling you, like we're seeing into Metzius, into reality, through the fibers of reality, and we're telling you this is what's happening, we would not argue on malachim. So the Gemara speaks it out. Man malachi yashores, who are these malachim that told Rebbechem and Dabai these halachas? Rabbanan, it must be the Rabbanan. Di malachi mamish, because if it's actual angels, 
They know what's going on in Mitzvah much more than we do. So it must be it's Rabbonim. Fine, then you could argue on Rabbonim. So why are the Rabbonim called Malachim? Because they act angelic like. So the Gemara says, So again, being either it means or it's the positioning. So Rabbi Yechim and that boy said it's Aser. But we said it's allowed. So the Gemara says two stories. There was a certain woman who came before Rebbe. My husband lived with me in in the positions where not what Chazal said. So I think he acted inappropriately. Now she was okay with it. It's not like he did it against her will, but she thought that he acted inappropriately. So she wanted to know who's right and who's wrong. So Rebbe said, it's allowed according to Halacha. What would you like for me to do? Meaning, it's we pass in not like Rebbe and and it's technically allowed. Similarly, also the God made the Rav. A woman came in front of Rav. She said to Rav, Same thing. It's no different than eating food. Meaning, the different ways that people eat food. So the different ways that work for people. So it's allowed. In other words, that it's allowed. We don't pass on that boy. Now the Gemara ends off by saying the following. Right? You're not supposed to follow your eyes and follow your heart. What, the, what it means not to follow your heart, that means that when you're living with a woman, with your wife, you're not supposed to be thinking about another person. You're supposed to be thinking about her only. And it's inappropriate to have your heart wander. Now the Gemara says, Now the Gemara basically is bothered by a question. It's a portion of, of course. Of course, you're not allowed to be thinking about a different woman when you're with your wife. It's a davar pasha. You're never allowed to be thinking about another woman. That's a, is, is, there's an iser b'chalal of thinking about a, 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 another woman. Any woman is, is also to think about always. So why would you think that you're allowed to b'shas tashmish? So says the Gemara, What if you have two wives? Right? They had many wives back then. The halacha is, even though it's your wife, you're thinking about the other wife. That's also aser. The Gemara continues, Ubarusi mikem hamardin vapolshin be. The Pasuk says, a Pasuk in Yechezkel, that I'm going to take amongst you mardin. Mardin and Pashin, mardin are rebellious uh, children. So the Gemara describes their rebellious children. So the Gemara wants to know what causes a rebellious child. Now, this doesn't mean, obviously, you could, you could have a rebellious child without these things, but these things make it harder to avoid rebellious children. Amr of Levi, Elu These are the children of nine characteristics. There are nine categories of children that if you live with the, with the women in such a way, the children will be rebellious. What are these? It's called Bnei Asnes Mishkach. What does it stand for? First one is Bnei Ema, Bnei Anusa. Uh, children of fear, of children of force. Meaning if a husband lives with, forces his wife to live with him, it's like marital rape, or, or he scares her into it, he intimidates her, the children will be rebellious. It's Aser and the children will be rebellious. That's category number one. Category number two, Bnei Sinua. Children of a hated woman. Meaning if you hate your wife and, and, and you're living with her just now, you don't actually love her anymore, no good. Third one, Bnei Nidoi, excommunication. Uh, the, we, it's a shayla in the Tanoim, but if uh, a man is excommunicated from Bezdin, is his wife allowed to be with him? It's a machlekes. The Gemara obviously assumes that you're not supposed to be with him, so if, if she's with him when he's excommunicated, the children will have Benmidas. Or the opposite, woman also excommunicated, a similar thing. But it's, it's, it's not so posh because I saw the Ran, I saw the Ran earlier in the Masechda that was Medayik from a Gemara that it is allowed. That, 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 that oh, you know what it was? You'll, you'll know what Dafa was, but there was a there was a uh, it was talking about if you if you put your uh, student in cherem, so it was saying that uh, certain amira uh, he would if 
he put himself in chayrim first, then go home. Before he entered the house, he would remove his chayrim and then ex- and then remove his students. So the Ran says. So that was pretty good. So the Ran says, "I'm glad I knew that it was a masechta. I'm glad I knew that we learned it at some point." So the Ran, the Ran says, "Why would he remove his excommunication before he?" Oh no, it's actually a riot to this. The Ran says, "Why would he remove his excommunication before he got home?" So he says, "Because he's following the opinion that once you're excommunicated, your your wife is not allowed to be." in the same area as you. So he didn't want the wife and the children to have to leave. But then the Ran talks about that. It's not so partial. So it has to do with this. Let's keep going. B'nai Timura. Uh, B'nai Timura is someone who's, uh, who's switched. Meaning, if, if a man... It's, 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 I'm not going to say rochaleya, but it's like that type of concept where you have two wives and you think you're living with one, but you're actually living with the other because they have lights on and, and you push it, are, are confused about who it is. That uh, also will cause uh, the children to have bad midas. B'nai Mariva, children of fighting. That's if they're, if they're living together in the middle of a fight, which you're not supposed to do. B'nai Shechris, uh, if you're drunk. That's also not good. You're not supposed to live together when you're drunk. B'nai Grusha Salev. Uh, Grusha Salev means you've already divorced her in your mind, meaning you're already checked out of the marriage. You just haven't like handed the papers yet, but in your mind you're already gone. It's also not good. Bnei Arvovia, children of um, Arvovia means um, it means that the wife has been living with multiple men, so you don't know who the kids are. So that's uh, that's not going to be good for the kids. Um, and Bnei Chatzufa, Bnei Chatzufa is the last one, which is that it's considered an act of chutzpah for the woman to say she wants to live with her husband. It's considered an act of brazenness. It's not considered sotzniya. So if she does that, the children will have a bad meat. We'll end with this. So it seems... Is, 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 this, is this like a Kabbalistic thing, or is it probably more than that. It's, it's, prob- it's probably both. It's probably, it's, these are not healthy situations, but also apipnemius, the Gemara, is, it's, it's that when a person lives together, the formation of the child, everything around that could affect uh, spiritually and physically. So uh, we'll just end with this. The Gemara is saying that if a, a wife propositions the husband, it's not, it's considered chutzpah. The problem is I thought it's allowed. So the Gemara says, Aini, is this true that a wife is not supposed to ask to live with her husband? Any man whose wife propositions him, They'll have children, mamish, like because other you could look at it as a nice thing because you could look at it as look how much in love with they are that and they're so comfortable with each other that they're willing to 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 to, to do this. So it sounds like it's a good thing. We'll get to in a second. Meaning, um, it, it shows you that in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu that they didn't have. Nevainim, which are people of Bina. And the children of Yisachar, Yisachar was born when Leah petitioned Yaakov. Yisachar had Bina. So the kasha is, is it a good thing or a bad thing? So the answer is, The answer is, it depends how it's done. If she does it in a, in a, in a, in a clear way, that's inappropriate. But in a, in a, in a hinting way, in a Tzaniya sticker way, then it's considered Bina, then it's considered a positive thing. Hold on.